G'day there, Jess here. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show for the first time. Uh, Today, I've got a great interview for you with Kelly McElroy, who is a graphic designer and brand doyenne over at Star Castle Studios. So if branding is a bugbear of yours, make sure to listen into this episode because we are going to give you a lot of tips to help you improve or do your branding in the first place. If you need more help after this episode, you can check out my course, Brand Your Craft, which was actually created for me by a professional graphic designer. And it's a short self-study course, 14 days. And it basically takes you on a journey and teaches you everything you need and all the steps you need to take in order to create a beautiful brand for your business. And you can find that over at createandthrive.com and just click on the shop section and you can find out more about that course. You can start it right now. You'll get the first lesson and you'll get a lesson a day over 14 days and you can work your way through them. Now, another just quick thing that has come up in the last few days is the new Etsy uh, Star Seller system, or is it Seller Star? Can't remember. One or the other. Star Seller, I think, system. They've just dropped. Uh, I'm going to be doing a video on this on my YouTube channel very shortly. I'm just waiting to get a bit of feedback from a few people before I I record it and publish it. Uh, If you have any feedback on this, uh, how you feel about it, how it's going to affect you, please hit me up. Either send me an email, jessicreateandthrive.com, or you can send me a message on Instagram at createandthrive. Yet again, uh, another example of Etsy changing things that we didn't necessarily want changed, but it's how it rolls. And uh, when you sell on a venue, you have to roll with the changes. But uh, I'm going to talk about this on a a YouTube video. I'm going to explain exactly what it is and uh, why people are really upset about it and how it can work for you or might work against you. So that's going to come up soon. If you're not a subscriber over on my YouTube channel, I do a lot of content over there now. This year, I've been doing a video every week. So there's a lot of handmade business content that's not on the podcast that is on my YouTube channel. So go check that out over at youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den. And uh, there's a lot of stuff there that you might have missed if you're only a podcast listener. So uh, I will cover that very soon. All right, let's get into some branding goodness with Kelly. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Kelly McElroy. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to talk about this topic today. I think it's one that we can struggle with, especially in the beginning of our businesses where we don't have a really strong idea of what we want our business to be or what we want it to look like. And honestly, I mean, I know even myself, sometimes I'm like, do I want to, am I happy with my branding? Do, should, it, should I redo it? Oh, geez. <laughs> does, does it need an update? You know, we all go through those, <laughs> those times sometimes. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about that today. But first, can you give us a little insight into who you are and why I've got you on the show to talk about this today? For sure. So my name is Kelly McElroy. I run a small design business called Starcastle Studio. Um, I actually started as an artist myself way back when uh, I was going to art school, Cal Arts for fine art. And I thought I was just going to paint and draw and make beautiful things. But I found I really struggled just creating to create. I wanted like a prompt and a problem to solve. I literally used to ask my friends, like, 
just tell me what I should paint. Like, just give me the prompt. And like, <laughs> obviously that's not how artists should uh, typically create. So <laughs> I kind of fell into design of like, I do still want to make things from my heart, but I want to have a problem to solve. I want to be strategic mm. about it. And when I found graphic design, I was like, that's this whole thing, you know, it's literally translating the message or the end goal that you're trying to get across through visuals. So it's like, let's solve the problem and let's make it beautiful. And that's just mm. been like literally the perfect in between for me. I, um, I actually was a math minor and an art major. So it was like, I've always been that way of solving the problems and um, being really like methodical with things. Mm -hmm. And so design was just the perfect medium, blending both the things I love. Um, but yeah, since I found it, I've never really looked back. I, um, I've worked for some really big name brands like uh, Element Skateboards and I've done stuff that's been sold in like Disney parks. Um, really like more big tiny brands, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I landed in some agency jobs, just working as a designer for lots and lots of brands at the same time. So managing uh, a whole bunch of different visuals and style guides and kind of jumping from one uh, aesthetic to the next very quickly versus living and breathing one brand for years. Um, and while I was in the agency setting, I, I was always freelancing at the same time, uh, but I never really loved my agency work. Mm. I knew I wanted to take my freelance stuff um, more seriously. And then I got pregnant, had my little one. So I wanted to be home more. And I, I said, you know, why don't I just do this? Like, let's just jump and wrap up the freelance. And that's what I did. I decided to start Starcastle Studio and help the people that I used to be, the artists trying to make something for themselves that are so lost in their work. They don't know how to like sell it and market it, make it look good online. Um, and I've kind of filled that bridge where I can help those people really excel and look great online um, while also maintaining their vision and what they are trying to be intentional with. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey so far. Uh, I've been just cranking away here in sunny Florida ever since. And <laughs> I, I definitely kind of, I feel like just recently I've come into like, I'm working with the people that I really were speaking the same language and we're helping each other. And it's just been like a really great journey so far. <laughs> That's awesome. It's always great when you find that niche finally that just everything clicks and you're like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yes, totally. <laughs> now I'm curious, um, before we get into sort of tips and tricks, you obviously help other people design your own brand. How did you go about the process of designing your own brand for Starcastle Studios? Was it more hmm. difficult to design something for yourself than it is for other people? It always is, definitely. You could ask any designer. It's like, you know, you're going to be your own worst critic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was actually very intuitive. I, I always kind of tackle my branding projects and projects in general from an intuitive standpoint. Um, so I have to like really get into what's the vision, what is my core feeling I'm trying to evoke. And then once I have that nailed, everything kind of falls into place. So for Starcastle Studio, I was actually still working at the um, at the agency, and I was very busy because I was a senior graphic designer there. But in the meantime, I was dreaming about starting this business. Um, 
so literally I remember one day at the office I was sketching you know um <laughs> just like half-mindedly you know and I drew out a little star and then created the castle out of it that has now become my star castle studio logo so literally once I sketched it out just not even really thinking I was like oh my gosh that's it like that's the logo and then it all just kind of escalated from there but I think the important piece of it was really getting clear I did a lot of um like thinking and planning around what I wanted it to be, what I wanted to grow, um, all that kind of stuff, who I wanted to work with. And then once I had all of that, it was kind of like looking through a mirror and it just, you know, came to me. (laughs) (laughs) Does it very much reflect who you are as a person as well as your business? Um, I'd say, yeah, I, I didn't realize it. And then once I started like really embodying my brand, I realized it is like very much who I would have been anyways, if I didn't start this business. So (laughs) like uh, my best example is like my house. So uh, I've, I've been married for a while and he is like very different aesthetically than me, you know, like you Mm -hmm. can definitely tell whose side of the closet is whose. And, um, (laughs) and so our whole house is pretty neutral and like beachy themed, whatever. But then you go to my office and it's all like holographic pink, purple. (laughs) It's very (laughs) obvious. And it's like my whole house, I probably have like a pink kitchen if I live by myself and stuff. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) it's just funny that my business has given me that, um, not excuse, but like a reason to embody that like next level me of just like the funnest version I can think of. And I get to just literally step into that space to do my work. So it's been cool. (laughs) That is cool. Do you think it's easy for people to create a brand if it is in line with just who they are personally? Um, And slash, do you think it's a good idea to do that? Like, do you think it's more of a challenge when someone's trying to create a brand that's not kind of in line with their natural aesthetic? Hmm. I'd say it's actually harder when it is matching your aesthetic. You have to be like very in touch with what that is and your feelings about it. Because once you're creating your business, if you're like tying it too closely with yourself, I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with this too. It's like Mm -hmm. the rejections or, you know, the issues that come up turn very personal very quickly. So it's like, if you can create those separations, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. helpful as a business owner. Um, but definitely just, just from a design standpoint, like I've had some clients, for instance, that like their personal style is so incredibly different from what we want to portray and use to connect with their audience that I've had to do two mood boards in the very beginning where it's like, okay, this is you in a nutshell and like you're feeling what you're evoking, but this is what your people want to see and what I think Mm. your brand should be. And it's like, whoa, I literally had one girl that said like, well, I see what you mean now. Like I want to print that one and put it in my room, but I definitely don't want to put it on business cards and hand it out. Like, (laughs) yeah. So there's a difference there. And I think it gets a little muddy for all of us when we are Mm -hmm. the face of the brand. So if you're a solo artist or an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, but my brand is me but you also got to realize there is a space there. And when people say no to your business or don't want to buy your thing, like they're not saying no to you as a person. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like distinguishing the two, but I think that, yeah, it gets a lot more 
muddy when you are just like, oh, I'm going to brand me versus Mm -hmm. brand the business. (laughs) Do you think, I think a lot of creatives, I'm interested to see if this is your experience as well, because oftentimes we're coming from a place of, you know, doing something because we love it, a hobby, whatever. Then we Mm. try to switch it into a business. Do you find that a lot of people sort of haven't thought about what their customers might be attracted to rather than what they're attracted to personally? And does that, does that cause a bit of a barrier? Is that a bit of a barrier for people to overcome to like switch the mindset from this is all about me to I really need to think about what's going to attract my potential customers? Um, I've definitely had to hold their hands for a few clients on that mm-hmm. for sure. Um but I feel like once you kind of make that shift, it's, it's easier than you'd think it'd be, you know, like it's really um, just stepping out a little bit. You have to do it anyways for like, what am I going to name the business? Okay. It doesn't matter if I name it after my favorite pet I had, like it needs to be something that people will understand. So you're already like intuitively stepping back as like, how are people going to see this? But you just have to do it, like take that one step further when it comes to your visuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so take us on a little bit of a journey. Like if somebody comes to you, what are some of the questions you might ask to get them clear on what they want their vision to be for their business? How do we, how do we get those, that clear vision happening? Yeah, so always my favorite way to do it, um, you always kind of want to like turn things on their head because you don't want the rehearsed answer or like what they think they should answer. You want like the super core of things. Um, so you kind of want to word it in a different way. So my way has always been, uh, pretend your brand is a person now introduce me. And it's like, what is this person like? So I don't care so much like what length their fingernails are or something super detailed, but it's like, okay, they're very genuine and they love to share and give back or whatever. So you're giving those attributes of what the person's like, Mm -hmm. um, And I feel like that's making people think about their brand as like a living, breathing entity versus just like some flat design. Um, So then I take it a step further. Yeah. And it's like, what is this person like to do? Like where you got to think about like how that person's being perceived. So then it's adding those walls of it's not just my brand. It's okay. I have to think a different way. I have to go about this a backwards way. And I find that some stuff that they may not be aware of that they want to portray tends to surface at that point. Cause it's like, you know, the back end way in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so once you kind of have a clarity on that, how do you make, like, how do you make the decisions or how do you help people make the decision on what, you know, what colors to use, what fonts? To, I mean, is that even something you talk about at the stage or is that something that you decide further down the track? Do people get a bit too obsessed with that sort of element of branding? <laughs> um, there's a lot to that unpack there. <laughs> but I, I definitely have two different ways of doing branding. So some people, you know, they get very, very stuck on, I want one shade of orange lighter or I want whatever it is that they have in their brain. And those people are great. I'm happy to work through that with them. Um but that's more of like a lengthy process. So we would do a lot of soul searching in the beginning, like vision boarding. And I actually send a printed and framed mood board. So it's like, okay, we are living what this is going to feel like. And like we're experiencing it in the 3D is already a living thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that's kind of given like another step to the process for me that um, forces them to like really come to terms with where we're going with this and see if it's feeling good or not. Is it resonating? Um, but then there are also people on the other side that are like, I just needed this brand done yesterday. Like, I just want to make <laughs> stuff and sell it and know that it looks good. You know, they don't want to mm -hmm. get so lost in like what shade of purple, whatever. Um, so I actually built a separate process that is a little bit more streamlined and quick. Um, and it's called my bite size branding service, but mm -hmm. literally I created it just to like, all right, we drop the entire vision on the table. I come through, sift through it all. And I, I use like my design experience. I've been designing professionally for like 10 years um, of what do certain colors mean? How are those colors going to work together to evoke certain feelings or emotions? Uh, like what little details can we incorporate that tie back to like the cool style that she paints with or mm -hmm. the color she's always using in her stuff. So um, I found there's a lot of different ways to incorporate it, but it's, you know, really narrowing down on that initial vision. So for me, it's like basically getting inside their head. Um, mm -hmm. But if you were doing it yourself, it's getting super clear on that before you dive in and get lost in shiny object syndrome of, oh, well, this looks really great. And <laughs> I should just do it this way. Like, no, <laughs> you're going to have to redo it like every couple of years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's interesting. Like the first time I branded my first business, it took me, it took me a good few years to finally settle because I just had no idea. Like I was just throwing mm -hmm. stuff at the wall as right. I went along and suddenly I was like, no, nah, I don't like that anymore. No, nah, I don't like that anymore. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was, and it was interesting because my products were evolving really rapidly at the same time because I was a new business. So it was right. very much, for me, it was very much a natural cohesion that when my, when my, my personal, um, like my artistic style solidified, then my branding finally solidified, like the two yes. things finally meshed together. So I think, if you are in the beginning stages and you do like if your your products and your business is a bit of a hot mess, I think you'll really mm -hmm. struggle to really nail down your brand because you don't really know what you're about yet. Right. But I do think stepping back and kind of, okay, you may not know what type of product it's going to be, but what kind of feeling is it going to give the people that purchase it or mm -hmm. the people that see it? So you're going one step further into how it's going to impact people and tuning into that when you're creating the visuals versus taking it literally like, oh, I'm mm. leaving baskets. So I'm going to put a special texture in there or something. That's really interesting. Um, I often say to people like, and just to rewind or to touch point on the whole naming thing briefly, I often, um, well, my personal advice is leave the name a little bit open like people mm. like put jewelry on the end of it or, you know, um, pet collars and leashes or something, you know, just as an example, I'm like, mm -hmm. you could do that, but then you've really locked yourself in to only making yes. that one thing forever. Whereas if totally. you do something a bit more broad, like um, in my, my most recent run of my uh, equal setup shop, I had a student who was talking about, oh, you know, I, I want to have one of those lovely names that evokes. And she's like, like something in Finch or whatever. And I'm like, a lot of boutiques do that. They'll like take like a flower and a bird or something and put, you know, Rose mm -hmm. and Finch or something like that together. And it, it evokes a certain feeling, but it doesn't, it doesn't like tell you exactly what 
the person makes or what there is. It doesn't lock you into anything, but it still right. gives a certain feel to it. So that's sort of something I usually recommend that people think yes. about when they're naming. I, I totally agree. I think that that's like a great concept because even like when I started my design business, I knew I didn't want to be like design incorporated or branding expert or something. Cause like I, mm. I also do websites or I might want to do just PDFs for people and social graphics. So it's like, mm. I didn't want to box it in. It's more like think of the magical people I'm working with and the transformations I'm helping them with. So I got to like the castle and transformations and all of that. So it's leaving that more open-ended. It's just like a hard, hard concrete example or whatever for mm. you. But, um, I totally think that's a great idea, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's like my, both of my, well, both of my, I have multiple businesses. <laughs> both of my main businesses are very much like that. Like the names are quite open-ended. Um, it's interesting when I went through the process of uh, my second one, Create and Thrive, when I went through the process of naming and and branding that business, it was so different. Like I'd learned so much from the first time around. I actually worked with a graphic designer that time and I'm like, this is the vision I have. These are the people I'm going to be working with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want I want my colours and logo to reflect this feeling of growth and, you know, thriving and possibility yes. and stuff. And then that's, you know, how it all came together. So it definitely, you know, the, the name, the the colours, the, the, the feel of my brand definitely came from the, you know, what I wanted the brand to be about and who I wanted to talk to and how I wanted to make them feel. So I think that really is so important. Yeah. And I think like, that's going to be the difference between how long lasting something is, you know, like I said, if you're going with the trends and you just want to copy what's popular right now, like you're inevitably going to have to fix that or change it in a couple of years to not look outdated. But like Mm. if you are creating your visuals solely to match the intention behind your brand, you're not going to have to update it unless your intention changes and you're like totally doing another business, in which case you're going to need another logo anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) it saves you time in the long run for sure. Yeah. It's it's really interesting before I was thinking about the whole choosing color things. I find Mm. it, I find it simultaneously fun and horrifying, like trying to decide on a color scheme because I don't (laughs) personally, I don't really know color theory or understand it. So Uh I don't really know what goes together. So I just use like something like coolers or one of those websites where you like press a button and it gives you color schemes. (laughs) I kind of know maybe this color, but then I have no idea what goes with that. Like um, I find that stressful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it can be. It's the same thing with fonts, right? It's like there are so many options that it's very Mm. easy to get overwhelmed if you don't have like some sort of heading. Um, So you're definitely not alone in that. And Cooler is a great tool. Like I was going to suggest that for anybody who's just like exploring because my favorite feature of it, it actually has two I use quite frequently actually. Um, But you can search for like actually type in a word. So like if you said growth, or whatever mm-hmm. you would type in the word and it shows color palettes that are evoking that feeling so then you can start to train your brain into okay that tends to be all cooler stuff or whatever versus uh like hot pinks so uh mm-hmm. you're starting to learn what those colors are actually saying just by exploring on that site a little bit 
That's so cool. I had no idea they had that feature. I'm totally going to use that next time. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's fun. And the other one I love is you can actually upload a picture. So any picture that you mm. find or inspired by, and then it'll pull the colors for you and you can actually drag. So it'll be like, if it picks four colors and you hate the orange it grabbed, then you just pull that little circle and grab a different color from the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it'll actually give you your hex codes and everything and spit out like the specific pinks or whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. can use in your project. So that's pretty cool as well. Sometimes like a little quick trick I like to teach people is like if you have a Pinterest board for your brand feeling, like how you've just been pinning everything that reminds you of how you want to show up online, you can like super minimize your window. So your brand board is very, very little, your Pinterest board of inspiration, and then upload it to cooler like that. Pick a couple colors because when you're zoomed out that far, you're going to notice there's a theme going on. Um, And that can kind of be a good way just to start, you know, it's like, oh, I'm working with a lot of blues or kind of see it big picture again, without getting too lost in the nitty gritty at the beginning stages. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. And I love doing that, you know, having that because if you, you know, a lot of people will have a mood board already. And if you don't, it's a great place to start. I think mm-hmm. you are sort of brainstorming what you want your brain to look like. And then it just sort of makes life so much easier. You can just pull those those colors out of there and go, oh, well, yeah, of course, that's what I want it to look like because that's what yeah. I keep gravita- gravitating towards. Yes. And I've always been like a huge uh advocate for mood boards it's like go and do it for you know a particular project I handed one to my wedding planner when we got married like (laughs) it's the perfect way because I'm just such a visual person it's like how are we going to translate this visually so no matter what language you're speaking we are all on the same page and like evoking the same exact feeling whatever vibe um when we're going into this so I think it's a great way to kind of yeah, I'll get on the same page with things. Mm-hmm. So to pull out a little bit, how important do you think branding or getting your branding right is to the success of a business? Do you think it makes a really big impact in the long term? I do. I think it's not like a right or wrong, though. I mm-hmm. think it's more uh, of the intentionality. So again, I'm always a um, like big cheerleader for doing it yourself, staying very true to you and your vision. So even if like you don't know how to use the program, I think you're much better off just creating something that is truly from you that's custom and has like your feeling and vibe in it versus going and buying some empty overused pre-done logo somewhere that like Mm -hmm. what has no intentionality behind it that has to do with you. Um, So that's always been my main thing. And definitely like even if it's very scratchy or sketchy whatever in the beginning like you can always refine it we're not writing in concrete as online business owners so there's that space to grow and update things um so yeah I don't think it's as much as like a right or wrong but I do think that having some sort of impact or showcasing what makes you unique uh what people can expect from your business or how your business is going to make them feel all that stuff can make a huge difference and really be the difference between getting a client or a sale versus just being scrolled past. So I think it's uh, super important. Do you think it also affects how, like how the business owner feels about their business? 
Oh, hardcore. I, I always say like, if you're not proud of your brand, like no one else is going to be, um, you know, very channeling RuPaul or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it yourself. Um, I think it definitely changes how you show up. If you're embarrassed, like you say, oh, go check out my website, but like you don't really want them to go land on your website because it <laughs> hasn't been touched since the 90s. Like that's a problem and they probably won't go see it because they're whether or not they're aware of it, they're picking up on like, oh, well, she's not feeling it. So why should I? Mm. Um, and I feel like definitely just from like a manifestation standpoint too, it's like, if you're showing up and are so excited about it, like that is contagious and people are going to come and be attracted to that because you're on that level. So it's like, wow, that thing is awesome. I want some of that, that she's having. So <laughs> I think, yeah, it's very, very important how you feel about your own branch. It, it comes across in ways that you can't even like, you don't think about originally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, when a lot of people who are starting out hear the word brand, they generally think logo, colors, fonts. Mm-hmm. What is a brand really? Because I think they get stuck on those things and kind of forget the deeper thing underneath it all. Yeah. So what you mentioned are definitely the brand visuals. Um, like I said, I, I do two different sorts of branding just to cater to that specifically. Cause it's like, okay, some people do just need those core things, a logo, fonts, colors. Um, and that's great. But if you're doing like an entire brand suite, I mean, your actual brand is going to be everything. So go, going back to that person analogy, it's like, how does that sort of person speak to other people? How do they smell when they walk into the room? Like, what does their hair look like? All those tiny details literally can be um, translated into your brand visuals and what people are getting from you. Um, yeah, the other examples that uh, I don't really deal with on the visual side of it, but it's like, yeah, your voice, how you're showing up. Um, if you're going to curse or not, if you're going to be super (laughs) sassy and use like similes and jokes or whatever you're going to do, like picking that and staying consistent with it is part of your brand, but it's definitely not one of the things you think about when you're just starting out. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting how, you know, there's, there's so many businesses out there that just kind of feel samey. And I think it's oftentimes it's because they don't really have a clear brand or vision about what they're all about or who they are, the yes. ones that you remember are the ones that are very consistent and mm-hmm. really clear on who they, who they are, who they're speaking to. And I think that's why it's so important to think about this and try to, you know, nail that down because you want to be memorable, right? Mm-hmm. But And I think, like, that's the secret right there. Like, I, I've had some clients that, even they'll, they'll pivot in the middle and decide they want to help a different audience or they want to sell a different product like we talked about. But if we originally branded it for like them and what they're bringing to the table, then okay, we changed the tagline, but everything else still applies. And then it's like, okay, you're not dealing with the inconsistencies of having to start a whole new feed or, you know, changing all your email headers and stuff like that to keep it consistent. Cause it's like, well, I was talking to the broad picture here from the beginning versus like, Mm. okay, I'm doing a whole new thing now. (laughs) (laughs) 
How important is it to turn people away with your brand? To do what? Sorry. To turn people away with your branding. Mm. Um, I, I think it's important to a point uh, just because, you know, when you are starting out, it's very tempting to be like, I work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely people you don't work with maybe just because of their accessibility to you or like whether or not they can actually access your stuff. Um, But I think like for me, it was hard for me to decide, okay, am I going to work with men? Yes, I do work with some men, but my branding is very much geared more feminine. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, are we doing this intentionally or is this just like a preference thing? And if it's intentional, Mm. it's like, yeah, I do tend to work with more females. That's great. I'm not going to make it, you know, anti the people that aren't my ideal client, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to maybe have a little more preference for like, I'm going to build in that preference for the people that um, are the perfect fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important as well. Like knowing, who you don't want to work with or who you prefer not to work with, like then you can sort of be a bit more, uh, yeah, a bit more obvious with that with your branding. I think people, yes. in, especially in the beginning, struggle to, to to do that. Like they're like, I just want anybody who will give me money to give me money. Uh, <laughs> yes. And it's so funny you're hitting hard to home because it's like my dad's a tax accountant, so mm-hmm. He's very much like the business side, like just sees it in black and white, which is fine. And like, I need that a lot. Um, But I'm definitely the opposite of that. So it's like, (laughs) you know, he'll say like, why don't you just get like a car decal and stick it on the back of your car or something like that would be good. (laughs) Like, no, I don't want the mom and pop lawn service people. Like it it is getting more specific into who you want to help. And it's like, Mm. okay. Maybe I don't need to say like, hey, go away, leave me alone if you're this person. You're not doing it that way. But it's literally catering specifically for who you do want. And that is going to eliminate the people that aren't going to resonate with that. So like I remember one example was like, even my bite-sized branding service. My dad was like, well, that's so kitschy and cute. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not my client. Like, I don't want to work with tax accountants. So <laughs> it's like, you got to kind of own that and be like, yes, but that's the perfect thing for my people. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing that um, people struggle with, and I think branding ties into this, is pricing. Like what, what sort of level of pricing your work is obviously you know I work with a lot of handmakers and artists you know they're selling physical Mm -hmm. products and they get really caught up on you know well it costs me this much and you know the the materials the time all that sort of thing whereas Mm -hmm. really there's so much more to pricing and I think your branding you should keep in mind when you're doing your branding like Mm -hmm. what sort of level you know what sort of strata of the pricing ecosphere is your work going to be in or do you want it to be in because your branding is going to reflect that like think about like big box stores you know they're always like one color you know so there's one color that they are it's very very bold generally speaking you know 
And then boutiques, you know, so usually the higher end stuff, it's much more softer and, uh, you know, so thinking about those sorts of elements of things, you know, um, when I'm walking down the mall and I look into the shops, you know, there's the ones that are packed full of clothes, like here in Australia, mm-hmm. they'd be like a Supre or Cotton On or whatever. And they're all like, you know, cheap clothes. And then you mm-hmm. pass another boutique that's like got about a third of the amount of clothes in there. And you just know that those clothes are like 10 times the price of the other <laughs> yeah. ones, just by looking through the window. Exactly. You, know, you, don't, you don't even have to walk in. So you, you need to sort of think about that and translate that into your online branding as well. You know, what what is your window saying to people about the quality and the price point of your work? Yes. And I always use the metaphor of like your website is the store window. So yes. it's, it's literally how are we going to pull them in to buy this thing? Like it is so awesome that they have to come in deeper, go to the shop page, like whatever it is. But in our digital world right now that we're living in, um, that is your store window. So use the space, make it amazing and make an unforgettable impact. So they have to come in and buy the thing and make it super clear, like you said, of, oh, I'm going to be spending a pretty penny here, or this is the dollar store and I can grab 10 of the things. So it's like, (laughs) you can translate that with just your visuals. It's, um, you might need some outside help in the beginning Mm -hmm. because it is like not everybody's language, but like I said, you can always improve and things like that. If you're coming from that standpoint of what do I want to say with my visuals, then like you can't go wrong. Awesome. Do you have any kind of final uh, or uh, do's and don'ts perhaps when it comes to branding, like mistakes you see people making all the time that you'd like to rescue them from? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) The biggest one that like hurts my heart every day, literally every day, I see it somewhere, is um, if you're using a script font, like, please, please, please connect your letter forms. So it's like, think about (laughs) if someone was actually writing in cursive, the whole point is to not lift your pen. So if you're doing it on the computer, it's still the illusion of script handwriting. So you want to connect every single letter. So like you can tell the fonts that um, are meant to be connected. They'll have that little tail sticking out of the A or the B, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, But so many people, they'll space them out. So those tails are just like sticking at each other. (laughs) And it's like, what are you doing? Just connect them. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's like the biggest painful one. I just feel bad for the letters, you know, like they want to be close and hug their neighbors. And Yes, I just want to like push them together. So please, for the poor letter forms. <laughs> that's um, a good one. Yeah, it's just really painful. Um, but the other one I'd say is like legibility for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as like all these, you know, handwritten brush fonts are getting popular. Uh, they're really great and there's a perfect place and time for them. But it is always most important that people can read what you're saying. Mm. So yes, that G might be really beautiful with all its loops and curves, but if it looks like a Z and people are reading the wrong word, then it's not helping you in your logo. So (laughs) um, it's really hard. I mean, as a designer, I 
tend to focus on visuals first or Mm -hmm. prioritize like, well, I hope it's pretty. Like that's gotta be more important than like the function, but you do have to balance them. And the function is first as a designer, like you need to make sure it's saying what you want it to say versus yes, it's pretty. That's cool. (laughs) I'm glad you said that one because that is a pet peeve of mine as well. So yes. I see so many people making that mistake. I'm like, it's so it's super pretty, but I don't know what it says because like, right. it's like no the idea. font is too complex. It's t- there's too much going on, or the like the font color and the background you've got it on. It's like yes. I can't read that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another thing and is that kind of combination of colors. Yes, and I think like very much so like the minimal you know farmhouse aesthetic has been growing, which is fine, but people are just like shrinking their text and making it teeny tiny thinking that's minimal, but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, that's not necessarily a minimal design. Yes, it can be, but people can't read what your links say on your website or whatever, if they're five Mm -hmm. points. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, you got to keep that function first and um, make sure that your messages or your business is sending the right message out there. Mm. especially think about especially for those of us who are older who grew up before smartphones um we're so used to being on computers you got to check your site on a smartphone and see Mm, what it looks like on there like make sure it's legible the text is big enough to read all that sort of stuff because you know the majority of people are probably looking on a phone or a tablet rather than a computer Yes, can confirm. I, I feel like every client, like if I set up their website and we'll look at analytics together, it's like 75% or something are on their phones always. Mm. And it's like, wow, okay, I guess I really do need to be considering mobile first and making sure you can still read that tiny tagline, even if it's on your iPhone. So <laughs> it's important. Yes, absolutely. Um, and do you have any final we've talked about a few mistakes. One piece of advice you would give to people when they are thinking about putting their brand together, if they are, you know, trying to DIY, what's something that you Mm -hmm. would recommend they really think about? Uh, Well, like I said, I think it's just staying true to your vision. Like the world Mm -hmm. right now is really craving unique expression and people that that are going to be true to themselves and genuine. And it's the best time to key into that versus like, oh, I have to do what is expected or what are people that are selling similar things doing? Like, don't start there. Start with your true vision. And like, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I've seen way too many people get kind of caught up in what everyone else is doing or what they should do, quote unquote. But I think, yeah, just stay true to what you do want to create, what you want to bring to other people, what you want, um, what you're making to evoke and, you know, bring to the world, then like your visuals will follow inevitably, whether or not like you have the program expertise or whatever, it can grow and it can get perfected as your business grows. But starting from that unique and genuine place is going to set you apart from everybody else right from the get-go. Love it. Thank you, Kelly. Now, if they, you know, there might be some people listening who perhaps would be like, I really don't want to do this by myself. (laughs) Maybe Kelly can help me. Where can they find you and your work? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd love to help. Literally less than a week, we'd get it done. Um, 
but my, my website is starcastlestudio.com. Um, I'm always on Instagram, so you can find me there. It's, um, just Starcastle Studio is my handle. Uh, I'm not really on Facebook much, but I am there as well. Just Starcastle Studio. Um, but I would love to connect. Seriously, the best thing is helping somebody realize how powerful their dream is by putting it in front of them with these visuals. And it's like, wow, this, this thing is pretty awesome. Like they see it as a living thing. And like, that's why I love doing what I do. It's reminding them of how epic this vision can be and how powerful it's going to be on the world. So I would love to connect. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us today, Kelly. Yeah, of course. It was awesome connecting and talking about all our frustrations (laughs) (laughs) and all the good stuff. (laughs) Hopefully we've uh, saved a few people from uh, uh, branding mistakes today. Yes. And yeah, inspired them (laughs) as well. (laughs) There are some people going, oh man, my, my font, I've got to, I've got to put those letters together now. (laughs) they'll be so happy though (laughs) (laughs) love it thanks kelly thanks again to kelly for coming on the show it was great to chat with her if you enjoyed this episode please do consider leaving a rating or a review over at apple Podcasts or at the facebook page for this podcast just look up create and thrive on facebook i'd love 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 to hear what you think of the show and to support the show one easy peasy thing you could do was take a screenshot of this on whatever you know uh, app you're listening to it and share it on your instagram stories and tag me at create and thrive let me know what you think of the episode or the show in general that would be a really really amazing little step that you could take to help me get this content out to more people and help more makers with their handmade businesses and i would really really appreciate that thank you so much for listening for another fortnight i'll be back again soon with another episode i appreciate you spending some time with me thanks for trusting me to help you with your journey and i'll be back soon bye for now